Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Nick Augustine, and I'm your host on this episode of Law Talk Radio, produced by Nick Augustine PR. Our 30-minute weekly guest call-in show covers local and national legal news and events, as well as legal experts and current trends in law practice management. We cover important news and issues that affect various practice areas, so get in touch and let's tell your story. Partial support for Law Talk Radio comes from our sponsor advertisers who cover the production fees for our program. We encourage our friends and colleagues to help sponsor the production of our Law Talk Radio shows. You can send me an email for more information and sponsor plans and benefits at nick at nickaugustinepr.com. Again, that's nick, N-I-C-K, at nickaugustinepr.com. Don't forget to also share the on-demand links to all our episodes that you find in your social media pages when you see something you want to share. Our episodes are, and several other programs are all available on the Nick Augustine PR website under the Listen Now link in the middle of the home page for the radio shows. You can uh, also visit and like our Law Talk Radio page on Facebook and on Twitter. Today's show is the Swallow Dental Tool and Medical Malpractice Lawsuits with Raphael uh, Strzelecki. And the people uh, who've heard about this have shuddered uh, all over Chicago. And actually, this has been in the news uh, nationwide. Uh, early August, the news story broke uh, on the evening news that a dental tool had become lodged in an elderly patient's stomach and a lawsuit for the injuries and damage uh, that were sustained by the gentleman uh, were filed against the Skokie dentist who treated the 92-year-old uh, Mr. Bernard Bell. Well, today, uh, Bell's attorney, Mr. Raphael Strzelecki, is our guest to explain medical malpractice and physician negligence generally. Raphael Strzelecki has a wide range of experience in counseling and representing individuals and businesses with their commercial pursuits. He's also been involved in many business formations, planning and counseling, and understands the need for small needs of small to mid-sized businesses. Uh, Strzelecki has served as in-house counsel to a conglomerate of companies in complex litigation matters. He holds a doctorate of jurisprudence from the New York Law School and a Bachelor of Arts from the University of Illinois. Uh, the law firm website for more information on him is www.rdslawoffices.com. Again, rdslawoffices.com. Now, on our quick 30-minute show today, uh, this is just a general overview of what we're going to talk about. Um, we'll ask Mr. Strzelecki to introduce himself, tell us a little bit about his law practice and the types of matters he handles at his local office. Uh, also, we'll uh, talk about the allegations in the complaint by Mr. Bell against the former Skokie dentist, uh, and then we'll talk about the different duties of care as well as elements of a medical malpractice or a medical negligence case. Uh, then after our break, we'll come back and we'll talk about what a plaintiff does to assist uh, with the case with respect with respect to discovery experts and uh, all that good stuff. Uh, and then uh, how consumers can protect themselves. We'll, we'll talk about ways that people can guard, try to guard against harm and, um, you know, and how common is malpractice. So we want to cover all the things that matter uh, in, a, in a case like this. By way of short disclaimer, this is a general information and entertainment program, and the advice shared on our show does not constitute legal advice. Communication with attorneys on our show and guests uh, does not constitute an attorney-client relationship, and if you have any questions, you should consult with an attorney in your area. All rights to this broadcast are reserved. So, enough from me. Let's say hello to our guest, Raphael. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine, thank you. All right. Well, I appreciate uh, your time being with us. I know that you've been pretty busy since um, you know your uh, your case hit the news. You know, and everyone always it talks about um, you know personal injury and. You never know who's going to call and, and what's going to happen. So 
tell us a little bit about your practice before we go right into uh, what happened in the case that put you in the news recently. Uh, tell us a little bit more about what you do, how much of your work is uh, is this kind of work, um, and uh, just tell us about yourself. Sure. Um, originally from Chicago, grew up in, in the Chicagoland area, went to um, University of Illinois at Chicago, um, went to law school, New York Law School, and then I came back uh, over here to practice in, in Chicagoland area law firms. Um, I am currently in the suburbs, um, Skokie, well, uh, suburbs of Chicago, uh, Skokie. Um, my practice basically concentrates, I would say, 50% of the practice is um, commercial litigation and business law, and the other 50% is personal injury um, mm-hmm. and, and, and so on. Um, but mostly it's a civil litigation boutique firm. Okay, so it's kind of kind of split, but um looks like you could do a bunch of different things there. But a personal injury has got to be, you know, I always wonder when uh, when you get a call or a new intake comes in, how do you tell uh, which are the good cases to take? What did you think when you heard about this one? Um, well, usually in, in general, um, you know, the intake appointment is, is really important, um, spending a lot of time with a prospective client is really important and, and finding out the facts of the case um, or the facts of what happened, um, um, basically injuries, um, get a feel for the client, um, you know, basically getting the full story is, is always important. Um, as far as this case, um, I pretty much knew um, very soon or very quickly into into the intake appointment that um this is a case that needs to be well addressed and, and filed. Yeah. Tell us what happened. What's uh alleged in your complaint? And again, most of the things we're talking everything we're talking about here is public record. Sure. Um well basically um on November eighth of two thousand twelve, Mr. Bell went into uh, a dental dental office uh, over here in Skokie, Illinois, um, and he went in to to have a a dental procedure. I believe it was, um, <coughs> I believe it was um, a procedure to for implant uh, implant teeth to be done, um, and he walked out with a dental instrument in, in the stomach, a, a, den, a, a dental instrument called a universal dental driver was dropped um, down his throat, and it, it basically got stuck in the, in, in the stomach. Wow. So how does something like that happen? Well, um, <laughs> that's a very good question. Um, you know, and I can tell you that there's different ways to prevent uh, such a thing from happening. You can, uh, there's definitely, uh, you know, uh, things that a dentist can can do to prevent uh, a dental instrument from dropping down uh, a patient's throat and uh, into his stomach. Um, one of them is is basically tying a piece of floss around the tool, so that if if, if the instrument is dropped, it could be easily retrieved. Another thing would be to um, place a gauze um, behind the area where where the dentist is working on so that if a, basically to prohibit the instrument from, from dropping down uh, 
a patient's throat. Wow. So I suppose that the media attention to this case might give a call to uh, dentists all over the place to maybe make new, you know, use more precautions um, and be aware that uh, something like this can happen. Um, now, when I re- uh, saw the news report, they said that uh, your client had to have multiple surgeries uh, to have this removed. So he's gone through, sounds like, uh, you know, considerable um, huh, considerable difficulty on his end, for sure. Right. Um, he underwent two endoscopies, which is basically a procedure where I believe they they place um, a tube down um, the patient's throat to retrieve whatever is in the stomach. Um, and the first procedure didn't really work. They couldn't retrieve it. They couldn't find it. Prior to that, he had a couple uh, CT scans, a couple of x-rays done to locate it. But during the first procedure, he, they were not able to, to, to basically retrieve it. Um, and it took the second procedure in relatively short succession um, to retrieve the the instrument. Wow. And it was yeah. a pretty it's a pretty sizable pretty pretty sizable thing too. Now, did he know it when it happened? Um he did uh, actually he did not know it went down his throat. Um you know, um Dr. Wolf um who's the dentist in this case uh asked him that he uh, did you catch it um and and you know, he his response was catch what? Wow. So let's move into, you know, those are the general facts alleging your complaint of what happened. What levels of care? Can you just tell, you know, for for our audience, we have some attorneys listening, some business people listening, some other people who have maybe never, you know, looked at medical negligence or medical malpractice. Talk a little bit about the the standards of care, uh, what's expected of these folks, um, and uh, where the law ties in with events such as this one. Sure. Um, you know, for negligence, any type of negligence to be actionable, um, there must be a duty of, of a, and I'm just talking about general negligence right now, there must be a duty owed to some person uh, or someone um, that there must be a breach of that duty um, and then a, a resulting harm or damage that is approximately caused by that breach. Um, and in, me- in in medical malpractice cases, um, what, it, there's a different standard, basically. It's not the reasonably prudent person standard. You know, what would a, 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 a reasonably prudent person do? It's, it's basically the standard is what would a competent uh, professional, uh, professional doctor, whether it's a do- doctor, competent uh, dentist, what would they do? So that's Mm -hmm. the difference. So how do you know or what what do you use to determine what that dentist located in suburbs of Chicago should have done? Um, Well, there's, you know, there's accepted um, standards of care um and 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 basically accepted um practices that a reasonably 
reasonably uh, well-trained um, professional um, should be aware of and, and should be well-versed in practicing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wonder if those practices include, you know, the, um, you know, I wonder if those practices specifically talk about using dental tools and things, um, you know, in a patient like you had mentioned, the other alternatives such as using gauze or dental floss to uh, sort of anchor uh, the tools. Um, are you aware of anything that specifically addresses anything like that? I mean, that would be, you know. Well, th- these 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 practices that I that I mentioned, they're I mean they specifically uh, address the situation, uh, placing a gauze um, you know behind the area where where this work is being done and and basically uh, tying a a dental floss around the tool to prevent it from dropping down or if if it's dropped down too you know too far uh, where it could be easily retrieved. These are these are basically standard practices that should have been used in this case and and, and they weren't um mm-hmm. and and you know I, so that specifically addresses this case right right so you know so so in this dentist you know had a set of standards that the state were supposed to use uh, they should have known had a reason to know that when you're working with these dental tools or uh you know the different tools that you use that you're supposed to prevent uh, something like this happening. So, um, however, it did happen. Um, you know, I, what I, you know, when I first heard about it, I thought, oh, you know, she must have. What did she like? Let the the tool like sit like in his mouth somewhere and not expect it to fall down his throat. <laughs> I, I don't know. I was, you know, again when the case, when the story broke on the news, I just, you know, how could that happen? I thought maybe the thing had become a dis, you know, unattached from the drill bit they use or something like that. Um, you know, I don't know. So that's very interesting that there's a set of standards and caught, you know, things that the dentist should do to protect for something like that happen, and that didn't. So that's the basis for liability then. Correct. You know, the thing kind of speaks for itself. I mean, you're 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 hardly going to find anyone um, who goes in with a visit to a dental office to walk out with a a dental instrument stuck in their stomach um you know this case speaks for itself um it, you know and and we're talking about uh, there was initially you were talking about about um the need for experts well in this case i believe that to even a layperson um this 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 case is is pretty clear uh that at such such things should not be happening in a dental office. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a couple more things about uh, experts and damages and other things of medical negligence in a minute after I pause for a short commercial break. Uh, again, this is the halfway part through our show, and I am today's sponsor. Um, of course, we are always looking for great law firms to sponsor our episodes, but today, the sponsor is yours truly. I want to tell you a little bit about our firm. Nick Augustine PR is a creative content marketing and PR agency that offers affordable monthly marketing and publicity plans to individuals and small business clients. The Nick Augustine PR monthly plans focus on writing and managing social media, blogs, newsletters, and podcasts. 
In addition, Nick Augustine PR offers traditional copywriting and public relations services. Here are a few of the benefits of the monthly plans that we offer. First, our content is custom written for each and every single one of our clients, and we avoid promoting competitors in the same practice area in the same uh, town or geographic area. Second, our clients email us article ideas. We add them to the publication calendars, along with the other articles that we propose for publication. So this keeps everybody engaged while we research and spot issues and news stories that matter to your clients and the companies and services that you provide uh, and the people who send you business. Uh, third, our consumer public uh, expects professionals and businesses to maintain a reasonable presence online. And that's what we do. We maintain that for you. So you can contact me if you have any questions or would like a copy of our plans that we offer. You can email me again at nick at nickaugustinepr.com to find out what we can do to help your marketing machine keep moving so you can focus on work. And now back to our program with Raphael Strzelecki and the uh, unfortunate uh, case of the dental tool uh, accidentally um, swallowed by the uh, by his client. Um, so let's talk a little bit, Raphael, about about damages. What is a case like this worth when someone has a tool fall? Uh, you know, they have to go through, as you said, uh, two invasive surgeries to have it removed. Um, I'm sure pain and discomfort. I'm sure your client was probably pretty freaked out by the whole uh, situation as well. Um, if you can explain to our listeners how the da- how you put a dollar amount on uh, what someone goes through in a situation like this. Uh, and that's a very good question, Nick. However, because of the ongoing litigation, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to refrain from putting a dollar amount on this. But just to um, you know, give you an idea, um, right. you know, there are medical bills uh, involved in this case. Um, you know, basically retrieval of dental instrument from someone's stomach, um, X-rays, um, you know, the endoscopies. Uh, just basically going into a hospital, you're always going to have a bill. So there's medical bills um, present here. Uh, There's pain and suffering. Um, This gentleman, um, he's 92 years old. He went through a lot in order to basically um, get this instrument out of his stomach. Um, You know, all of that is basically taken into consideration uh, mm-hmm. determining a dollar amount. Right, right. Well, stress on the family. I'm sure if, if uh, my parents or grandparent had to go through something like that, I mean, it's hard enough to go through surgeries when you're young and healthy. I, you know, at 92, um, anything that's a medical procedure in my book is uh, something to be on high alert over. Uh, now, let's talk about experts again. Uh, do You were saying that in this case, you know, it, it, anyone walking down the street pretty much uh you know agree that the thing speaks for itself but do does he still need to have an expert um in uh is that part of the medical malpractice that you need an expert um in most well yes the the short answer is yes um mm-hmm. you do need an expert in order to file a lawsuit i need a you know expert report um basically stating that um, standards of care uh, were breached, um, and uh, so yes, the answer is he does need an expert. Mhm, mhm. Well, I'm sure that that testimony won't be too long. Um, so, how long do cases uh, for people who've never gone through an injury case? How long do usually these cases usually take? Uh, do some settle real quickly? Um, you know, what can the average person expect? 
Well, medical malpractice over the last couple of years uh, has undergone a lot of was, there's a lot of tort reform, a lot of a lot of how should I say this um, changes. Um, two out of the ten clients that walk into your your office thinking they have a medical malpractice case are going to be the ones that you're going to sign. Um, medical malpractice cases have increasingly uh, become more and more um, difficult to prove. Um, what can you expect? Well, it, you know, it all depends. Um, these cases do not settle right away. Um, they usually, you know, go to distance, so to speak. They settle either right before trial or on the eve of trial. Um, you know, you're in for a for a two year wait at least. Mm-hmm. And uh, what what do the clients usually do during that time? Are they is, is the is, are they treating with doctors? Um, what are they doing during that time? Well, you know, a client has uh, has to cooperate with with their attorney. Um, you know, they're involved in the discovery process. Uh, they're involved throughout the whole entire case, mostly. Um, some of them do treat um, during ongoing litigation. They continue treating. Um, some of them, you know, stop. It all depends. It's a it's a case by case, you know, situation. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of the things that uh, I always think about with uh, injuries, and I I've been uh, rear-ended before and had just minor soft tissue, uh, you know, in- injuries. And uh, you know, a lot of people say, wait, you know, wait longer, wait longer. You never know if something's going to pop up. So I suppose that um, you can assume that you're okay a few days later, a few weeks later, and then um, not notice something and. You know, all of a sudden you bend over to pick up socks one day, and your back goes. I mean, it's you know how it's just it's hard to tell uh, how long you'll know whether you're going to have ongoing injuries. Is that is that usually the case? Do you uh, generally advise people to hang out and wait and make sure they're okay? How long does that usually take? Yeah, um, you know, again, it's a case by case basis. Some people mm-hmm. know right away. Hey, I've I've you know I got a broken hand. I got a broken. Um, you know, um, leg or or sprained ankle. Some people don't know till some time. Um, you know, with with personal injury cases in the state of Illinois, statute of limitations is usually two years, um, and so you have two years to file. Um, there is um, that to consider. So. Yep. Um. And usually, do uh, insurance companies pay along the way, or are people paying out of pocket, or um, you know, what's how does that usually work? Well, um, you know, uh, usually people are responsible for their bills uh, mm-hmm. unless they mm-hmm. have unless they have medical coverage, and and and, and the insurance company picks that up. Um, however, usually, um, my experience has been that. Uh, people are responsible for their own bills. Mm. You know, it's just it's it's a rough thing, especially if uh, someone is, um, you know, not a wealthy person. They don't have a ton of insurance. Uh, you know, an injury. Uh, you know, you you expect. You know, look at this case. You you walk into the dentist. You go there for implants, and you walk out with this awful, uh, you know, tool in you, and have to go through all you know all sorts of 
things to uh, you know to write yourself and get back to basics. So again, you know, you know, we never know when we leave the house in the morning uh, what's going to happen during the day. So um, you know, and looking for professionals like this, um, are there any recommendations you have for people out there on how to shop for a good provider? Um, you know, I suppose this guy, you know, your client, I'm sure didn't have an idea ahead of time that um, that his dentist was going to not use the proper precautions. I suppose, like, could you, you know, I don't know. Do you have any general suggestions on shopping, just consumer protection generally? Um, I would say, um, you know, the old method of asking your your family, your friends, your neighbors, um, who do they recommend, um, is usually pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. You know the case is that if if someone is if there's a doctor that is well how to say this not a good doctor or or someone who is uh you know a, a sloppy doctor uh you know the the word's gonna get out um but also i I would you know urge listeners to to check online um you know reputation online um there's something to be said for that. Um, usually, you're going to find out if there's um, unsatisfied clients or unsatisfied patients. Um, you're going to find out about situations like that online. Uh, so, I would definitely urge listeners to check for for ratings for reviews online. Mm-hmm. Um, with the, I suppose with the state too. Can you? I know. I, I know physicians. I wonder if dentists are also. You can look them up uh, on the state of the Illinois website to see if they've had any. Any. Um, you know. I don't know what the, how much they'll tell you. I know with uh, attorneys, if someone was, uh, you know, disciplined, it's on there. You can find that. Do you know of dentists? Uh, if that's the same drill. Yes, there is the uh, Illinois Department of Professional Regulation. Um, and um, not going into a lot of detail here, uh, there is a website, uh, and the Illinois Department of Professional Regulation does provide some information as to, um, you know, a physician's record. Yeah, well, so at the end of the day, I suppose that, you know, some of us are afraid to go to the dentist, and uh, in, in this case, Mr. Bell should have been that day, um, but, you know, could he have known? It's It's, it's, it's tough to say. Um, but I agree uh, with Raphael's comments that it's just good to talk to people you know whenever you need a provider, even if it's someone that's out of your general plan or if it's maybe a couple extra steps. It's worth it to ask friends and neighbors, people you know, like, and trust, uh, you know, who's a, who's a good person to go to. So um, any uh, final thoughts you'd like to add to educate our listeners about uh, personal injury, medical negligence, or any of the topics we covered today? Um, I think we've covered all the bases. All right. Well, let's get some contact information. If people would like to know, uh, you know, more about your practice area, or they need an attorney or a referral to someone else, um, how do people get in touch with you? Sure. Um, my website is rdslawoffices.com. My phone number is two two four two three three one zero one two. Um, I'm located in, as I said previously, in Skokie. Um, my address is 10024 Skokie Boulevard, Skokie, Illinois, 60077. All right. Well, Raphael, I want to thank you again for uh, your time and uh, being on our program. I know you've been very busy. I've seen your, uh, your name all over the news. So, uh, 
likely very busy. So, again, I appreciate your time today. Thank you very much. Okay. And I want to uh, also remember, uh, remind our listeners out there that uh, also check out the Internet radio page again at nickaugustinepr.com. You can click Listen Now and select from any of our many programs on our Law Talk radio channel or a few other uh, episodes from some other shows uh, from some of our clients and other shows that we do. Uh, each embedded player has a link uh, that you, to the host channel uh, on the Blog Talk Radio Network, so you can go there and find different programs. We've been producing uh, top-quality national programming here since 2009 and have attracted over 70,000 unique fans and listen to our shows from coast to coast. So we appreciate everyone out there because you're the ones who uh, help grow us with your support and sharing the links that you find in your social media. Again, people usually find our links to our programs and LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, Facebook feeds, and so on and so forth. So keep on sharing those leads and let us know uh, when there's a story that breaks that you'd like to talk about. We want to thank everyone again for listening to this episode of Law Talk Radio, brought to you by Nick Augustine PR and with support from our local sponsors. Again, Law Talk Radio episodes are programmed to educate you while we share the tips, tools, and news you can use to be better informed practitioners and consumers. This is Nick Augustine again for Law Talk Radio, and as always, I thank you for your time.